Hello and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. We exist to see lives transformed through Jesus and are located in the heart of Surrey, BC, Canada. To find out more, visit us at horizonchurch.ca. We hope this message blesses and inspires you. This last number of weeks we've been talking about Christmas, I'll be home for Christmas. And when we started talking about this, I think in early October, um, uh, as a staff, one of the things we thought, we kind of joked, oh, maybe we'll be home for Christmas. We'll be uh, made to be home for Christmas. We won't be able to um, uh, have services in person. And lo and behold, here it is. That's actually what's happening. Uh, I'm actually getting distracted right now. You can keep that there. That's the the comments that are going on. I love showers. I'm like a fish. I never want to leave the shower. Good for you, Ashley. That's cool. Like the things you can see on the comments is anyone else. Showers are better than a bath. I I know I'm a little distracted for a moment right here. I'm with you, Mark. I like baths. Okay. My wife says that's not a good idea, but we're getting back on track. It's okay. We'll leave it there. That's fun. Um, The reality of Christmas coming home and that Christmas coming home for Christmas is not tied to a location, going back to your home, your physical home, but this idea that Jesus came, the Bible says that the word became flesh and dwelt among us, the long prophesied savior of the world when when a man sinned against God and fell away from God and the promise of a redeemer that would come and crush the enemy that, that tries to destroy our life and thousands of years later, Jesus came and the Bible says that the word became flesh and the message translation talks about how he moved into the neighborhood. John 1 says that light came into darkness and darkness has not overcome it. What a time to remind ourselves of the word becoming flesh and dwelling among us. And Jesus, while he was on earth, he lived a home kind of life. He was the kind of person that people wanted to be around people that didn't have it all together, people that were struggling, people that thought that they were too far gone or were too bad. Jesus made time for them. And in fact, he, he, people like Zacchaeus, who was a, a thief and a tax collector, I'm not tying those thoughts together. The Bible did in that situation. But here he was, and Jesus said, I'm going to make my home with you. I'm going to have lunch with you. And Jesus was always about bringing people to himself. And he came at Christmas to make a way possible for us to go home again, to find our way back to the Father, to find our way back home to what what we are always intended to be, what Eden lost through sin, Jesus regained through his righteousness and his life. And And then he died, buried, and rose again so that no matter what, he's conquered death, hell, and the grave and has made it possible for us wherever we're at, in eternity, to spend eternity with him and to spend our lives with him, at home with him. And in, in, uh, as Jesus was walking the, the earth, people wanted to be around him and, and even children came near him and, and they wanted to be with him. They, but no, the religious leaders really didn't have time. Kids were not important. But they kept trying to come, and the disciples said, no, let's not have those kids bothering Jesus. And Jesus said, let them come unto me. And then he said, as an example, he said, if you want to come into the kingdom of heaven, you have to come like a little child. If you want to come home, you have to come like a little child. You have to come with trust. You have to come with innocence. You have to come humbly into the kingdom of God. If we want to find our way back to the kingdom of God, if we want to find our way back to the home of God, then where God is, we find our way back as a little child, humbly, repentant, coming low and saying, God, I need you. 
And that's what Jesus said. How you can come home is to come home through Jesus. And last week we've been talking about how that looks in the Christmas story where Mary, a week ago we were talking about how she was this young woman, uh, maybe 15, 16 years old, uh, much younger in those times when kids, uh, they were kids, but they were getting married very young. Your life expectancy small and all those kind of reasons. But anyway, before she was, she was engaged and before she was married, uh, she was a virgin and she found that she was, the, the, an angel came to her and said, you're going to have a baby and it's going to be because of God's going to overshadow you and you're going to have a baby. And she's like, how is this going to happen? And, and the angel said, nothing is impossible with God. And now we're looking at the other side of that where Joseph Today, we're going to look at where Joseph came, and, and I don't know how he heard, whether he got a text or he, he uh, got an email or what, but somehow he found out that Mary was expecting. And I don't know how you would have responded in that situation, but obviously it was very, very troubling to him, and it was very difficult for him to hear. And in moments like that where all the hopes that he had had seemingly were dashed, because in those times it wasn't just a simple matter. In those times there would have been punishment to be had up to some might uh, public shaming for sure, and maybe even more than that. There could have been uh, all kinds of consequences coming against uh, Mary for sure. And Joseph was like, I didn't do this. And and. I think sometimes we gloss over these stories. And, and if you sit back and look at that, picture Mary coming up to Joseph. Joseph, I'm having a baby, and it's from God. And I'd be like, Joseph, like, I don't, I, Mary, if, if you don't want to marry me or you don't like me or love me, just say so. Don't come up with a story like that. But she insisted and said, no, this is what's happening. And, and, and Joseph was, it says that he was a good man and he was considered and troubled about that. And it, he considered finally, I'm going to have to divorce her. But he was good and said, I'm going to do it quietly to preserve Mary from having public disgrace. Every, his dreams of little kids walking, running through the hallway of his and Mary's children, gone. His establishing a home, gone. All the dreams that he had built up in his mind to say, this is what my life's going to be look like is gone in a moment. And, and he's like, okay, this is the best I can make of this terrible situation. I don't know. Uh, I, I'm going to bed. And it says, while he was, that an angel came to him and said this, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because she, what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. So it was confirming, she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sin. Here he was in a moment in a jam. He didn't know what to do. He didn't know how to solve his problem. And in a moment, God sends an answer to help him to get a sense of what was going on. It wasn't going to be easy. People will probably still ridicule him. People will still mock him. He might get consequences that were difficult to bear. But the promise God came in help and said, I'm going to come in that difficult situation and say, I am going to help you. I'm going to help you see the bigger picture of what's going on. And I don't know about you, but I think many of us have had moments like that, not that exact moment, where things that we had planned and planned to do were gone in a moment. Things that we had hope to see are not happening. Even right now, looking at Christmas in five days from now, all kinds of things and disappointments and lockdowns that have affected us in many ways. Loneliness and isolation. People who are doing the university online and some are graduating and wondering, what's going to be next for me? 
Moms with little help, uh, little babies, I should say, losing access to much of their support network and saying, how am I going to do it? Um, where, but some people are saying, well, there's a vaccine coming. And maybe there is. But I don't, you might have read this week that in London, I just read it last night, that there's a whole outbreak of a whole other strain that they haven't seen before. And you're like, oh, my goodness. So what are we putting our hope in under the pressure of what we've seen and government scrambling, and health authorities trying to figure out what to do and businesses under pressure and, and pressure of staying clean if you've been uh, an addict and you're trying to get free and you've been free, but it's hard to hang on right now and we can all handle some trouble for a little while we all can do that oh this too shall pass I've been saying that for 10 months this too shall pass and we've been experiencing great trouble and stress and it's been going on and and over the last week we've been saying let's look at going home for Christmas because home needs to be a place for our heart that's, that where our heart can go, where we can find peace, where we can find what we need regardless of what's going on around us so that what's going on inside of us sets the tone for what the world that we live in. We talked last week about that my God can do anything. We talked about God's power. The week before, we talked about God's presence, that God is with me. Today, we're going to talk about God is our deliverer, or as a kid would say, God is my helper. God is my helper. God is my helper. Hebrews 13 and 6 says this, so we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? The Lord is my helper. Sometimes in our perspective, when we hear that word helper, we think that that's kind of like, I don't really need anybody, but if you want to help me, you can help me. I don't really need you, but all right, kind of like my appendix. I don't ever seem to need it, but you're there. You may as well give me a hand. But in the Bible, the word helper is not just kind of a, an unnecessary someone who comes alongside. The word helper means somebody who's bringing the right aid in time. That is to meet an urgent, real need. The right help at the right time. This is not some uh, appendage, this unnecessary thing. This is the right help at the right time. The right help at the right time. This weekend, uh, uh, yesterday actually, what day is this? Sunday? Yes, yesterday uh, we did packed hampers. I think there were 60 of them, 12,000 meals, something like that. And we packed uh, many, many boxes, hundreds of boxes. And what I love doing every year is to see and help with li little kids helping and, and to be a part of that. And there was a family that had a lot of kids with them and, and one of them looked like she was going to be left out. So I said, hey, do you want to pack one together? And so we took this box and, and she was so, uh, wanted to help so much and she, she was looking forward to it. She was smiling but she was only maybe two and a half feet tall. And so when she got the box, she couldn't really hold it. So she was trying to drag it along over to where we were going to pack the hampers. And, and the box was there. And she, she was doing her very, very best to do it. And she saw me, though. And I'm not sure if she saw me as her helper or I saw her as my helper. But here we were, and we started packing. And, every, and we'd be pushing it along. And she was, when it was empty, she could kind of do it. But as it got fuller, she couldn't. And as it got heavy, she didn't do anything. She just looked at me. 
and as if for me to understand, it's you need to help me now. Or when a, when a big bag of flour was too heavy, she just looked at me and said, you got to lift it. Or when something was too far to reach, she looked at me and said, you've got to help me. You need to be helping me. The old man, I think she looked at me that way. She kind of looked at me in that way. And she was happy to push the box when it was empty, but she couldn't when it was full. And when the box was full, she just looked at me and said, help me, I'll put in my hand. And so all I would have to do is, I don't know if you can see this in the shot, but I would just have to push the box just a little bit. And she would just zoom along thinking she was pushing the box, not re or pulling the box, not realizing I was just pushing it along. I put my hand on the box and what was impossible for her became possible and she thought she was doing it all along and I think a lot of the times the box of our lives we think that we're doing it and God comes and gives us a hand a lot of the time but actually what's happening is I can't even move the box of my life and God just breathes on something he just puts his hand on something and suddenly I begin to move forward and I thought it was me all along that's the kind of help that Jesus brings he's not the kind of help that's just kind of well I guess I'll do it he's doing all the work and we're looking like I've got it all together and we're looking like how am I going to do this and we look like like that little girl did and we just look up and say can you help me you're here the right kind of help at the right time so when I say God is your helper I'm not talking about the appendage that you didn't need I'm talking about the right kind of help at the right time God is my helper God is my helper and too often we if we will just let God put his hand on the box of our life, you'll be surprised at what happens when you do. Too often when you're fighting a situation all by yourself and we simply need to say, God, would you do something in this situation? I can't do it. I don't have the strength to do it. I'm not smart enough. I'm not strong enough. I don't have my life together enough. But would you just put your hand on the box of my life and push and I'll just keep moving forward in a way that I never thought I could. God, put your hand on the box of my life and move me forward so that I can do what I'm called to do because when it was a little empty box she could do it she could do it but when the weight and the burden began to come in the box she couldn't do it and a lot of times we think we can do it but suddenly the burdens of life suddenly the the, the difficulties of life suddenly the pressure weighs us down and we suddenly realize what was true all along we could never handle the box of our life we needed the God of the Bible we needed Jesus to be the helper to help us, the right kind of help at the right time. And we get frustrated when we can't reach what we believe we're supposed to. We're constrained on many sides, and sometimes we're getting upset at God and, and others because things aren't happening the way that we think they should or at the speed they could. What do I do? What could I do? How am I going to make it? How am I? I don't have much more in me, God. And, but let God put his hand on your box of your life today. Let him breathe on some situations today. Let him move in some ways that you've been looking for him to do it in a, in a real, real way. There's a passage, and my hope today is that as you let God put his hand on your box, you will experience God as your helper. He's not just God with us. He's God who's laboring with us. He's helping us. He's not just God for us. He's God for us, but he's God who's fighting our battles for us. He is my helper. He is my helper. 
So my hope today is that you will see where God wants to help you and will help you. There's this passage written by some uh, New Testament writer called Paul who wrote a lot of the New Testament. He was writing um, to a church in Corinth, to a city in Corinth, and he was explaining what he had just been through. Incredible difficulties. In 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 8, he says, or 1 in verse 8, he says, We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced. How many of you could write about some troubles from the last number of months, right? You could have a list of things that you've experienced in the province of B.C., in the country of, of the United Kingdom, in, in the country of Nigeria, wherever you are. We can all write about some troubles. And Paul goes on to say, though we were under great pressure far beyond our ability to endure so that we despaired of life itself indeed we felt that we had received the sentence of death but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves but on God who raises the dead he has delivered us from such a deadly peril and he will deliver us again on him we have set our hope that that he will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers and so Paul goes through this and he talks about the troubles and this word troubles get listen to this it sounds like world right now pressure that rubs together creates heat pressure that brings you into a narrow place Pressure constricts you. Pressure causes someone to be confined. <laughs> Quarantined, maybe. Pressure hems somebody in. How many of you have been getting a rub the wrong way in the last number of months? How many of you have been confined, been restricted, been hemmed in, been constricted? And Paul goes on into great deal to say the effect. He said we were under great pressure. And then it goes to another level, far beyond our ability to endure. In other words, I've got nothing left. I've got no more patience. I've got no more strength. I've got no more ability. I've got no more ideas. I've got nothing left. The tank is dry. And then he goes on to say this final kind of capstone. I despaired of life itself. It doesn't mean he wanted to die. It literally means this. I am totally at a loss of what to do next. I have no exit strategy. I am completely disoriented. And it emphasizes the idea of having no solution that's what trouble does and then Paul explains and gives perspective to us in trouble and he, that what happened he says that we might not rely on ourselves but on God I read this quote from Christine Kane who's a, is an author and writer from Australia lives in America now He's, people cannot give you what only God can People cannot do for you what only God can do for you. People cannot love you the way that only God can. So don't try to get from people what only God can give you. God is my helper. I might feel hemmed in. I might feel under pressure. I might feel disoriented. We don't know why sometimes, but if 2020 has taught us anything, it's this, that I cannot rely on myself. I can't rely on the government. I can't rely on the, the, the structures of my world. I can't rely on my finances. I can't rely on my job. I can't rely on what's going on around me. Friends ditch you. All kinds of things are happening. And in that moment like that, we remind ourselves like Paul, it's taught us to not rely on ourselves, but to put our trust in God, to rely on God because God is my helper. Heaven and earth may pass away, but God is the strength of my life. And Paul tells us three phrases that I help, hope help you to realize again that God has 
God is your helper. First, he says, he has delivered me. I am thankful for what God has done. And sometimes in moments when you're in trouble, when you're under pressure, it's so important to look back and say, he has delivered me. God has made a way for me so many times in so many ways. And, he, and Psalm 30 says this, hear, O Lord, and be merciful to me. O Lord, be my help, David said. You turn my wailing into sackcloth, or you my wailing into dancing. You remove my sackcloth and clothe me with joy. And David was recalling, I asked for God's help, and look what he did. I asked for God to help me. You've turned my mourning into dancing. You've turned my bondage into deliverance. You've turned my confusion into peace. You've turned my, my sorrow into joy in every space and place. When I look back, I recall to myself, I'm in trouble, but God is my help. Look what he did before. Look how he's rescued my life. Look how he took me out of addiction. Look how he took me out of hopelessness. Look how he broke anxiety. Look how he brought me forward. I'm not where I want to be, but I am way farther than I used to be. And it's not because of me. It's because God is the help of my life. I look back and see what he has done. And I strengthen myself and I rehearse to myself in trouble. Look what God did. Look who he is. He is my helper. I'm getting a little worked up this morning because I'm preaching to myself. And, and, and Paul goes on to say another beautiful phrase. Just before that, I, just to remind ourselves, you know, there are accidents that should have killed you. I know I've had some of those. There are blessings that he has brought to you. You know that you weren't smart enough to get where you are. God has blessed you. God has kept you. God has watched you. God has been the strength of your life. You might be in a difficult time today, but remind yourself and stop looking back with regret and seeing only the difficulties and start looking back and see where God moved in your life, where God helped you, where God rescued you, where God is your helper. Jesus will deliver us again, he said. I have hope for my future. I have hope for my future. And saw, uh, Paul reminded himself in the middle of trouble, God did that, and I'm keeping my eye on what the promises of what God said. And I have hope for my future because he who began a good work will be faithful to complete it in me. The God who started it is faithful to finish it. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. God is my helper. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. When I'm moving into my future, right behind me and pushing me along is God's goodness and God's mercy. That's what God is doing. When we don't know which way to turn, God is our helper. When it seems like all our efforts lead to a dead end, God, let God put his hand on the box. When there's a wayward spouse that seems like it'll never turn, let God put his hand on the box. When you have lost all vision for your future, let God put his hand on the box of your life. When you don't know what 2020 was, was, is going to hold, newsflash, you didn't know what 2020 was going to hold, you just presumed. And 2021, we don't know what tomorrow will hold, but we look to the one, we look to the future, to the God who is my helper. He's there already, and when I step into it, he is waiting for me, and not only that, he's behind me at the same time. And not only that, Psalm 512 says he surrounded me with his favor like a shield. So coming, going, leaving, wherever I am, he is my helper. He is my helper. 
When your marriage is in the ditch, Jesus will help me. When my children are running riot, let God put his hand on the box of my life. When you're looking at mountains of debt, when you're looking at mountains of disappointment, when you're looking at mountains of fear, you stand and you say, the Lord is the strength of my life. I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He was with me then, and he's with me still then. And right now, when you, you look at that, the moments, why is Paul talking about past and then future? Normally, we would talk past, present, and future. And it's so incredible that he goes on to say this. Jesus will continue to deliver us. He did it. He will do it. And he's never going to stop doing it. And see, here's why it's important that it starts with what God did and you shift to what God has promised because here's what's going to happen. As you spend some time talking to and rehearsing and reminding yourself of what God has already done, how he has helped your life in so many ways that you've overlooked, that you put aside, that you thought was just your smarts, and you start doing that, and then you turn that way and start to prophesy to your future what God has already told you. Uh, you know, for our church, you know what? We, God has called us to plant churches, and we're going to keep planting churches. God has called us to be a, a light in our city by our good works. God has called us to send out people. God has called us to export worship. So many things that God has called us to do, and I'm not going to stop in a day of trouble and say God has forgotten. I've looked at what he's done already. Wow! So good, so faithful, the helper God, and his promises is still true. So guess what happens then? I've bookended myself with what God is doing, how he has helped me and will help me. So in this moment, when I stand, I have strength in the present because of what God did and who he is and what he will do. I remind myself and I stand in the posture. I have strength in the present because my God is my helper. He's going to make it. I'm going to make it in the day of trouble. He will continue to deliver me. Come on. God has helped you in the past. He will help you in the future. And he will continue to help you in the present. And you know, in that moment, because what happens when you do that, hope begins to percolate up in you. A little bit of vision starts to percolate up within you. I'm a little over time, but you will not die. A little bit of strength starts to come into your life. And as you begin to praise Jesus in a powerful way, this is how we fight our battles, reminding ourselves, prophesying to our future, and saying to ourselves, God is the strength of my life. And here's who he is. For I, the Lord, your God, hold your right hand. It is I who say to you, fear not, for I am the one who helps you. I am the one who helps you. I am the Lord, your helper. Let him put his hand on the box of your life. See, Joseph woke up in a situation God told him what was going to happen, but Mary was still pregnant. He still was going to face ridicule. He still was going to face rejection. He still was going to face all that, but he was able to face all that trouble because of this kind of a principle. He understood that the Lord was his helper. In fact, Jesus came and his name said, call him Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. He's come to help us in our helpless estate. Romans 5 says that at right at the right time, while we were still helpless, Christ died for the ungodly. When we were helpless, he was helpful. When we were rejecting him, he was opening his arm to us. When we wanted nothing to do with him, he loved us. God is our helper. He's your helper. 
And maybe you're in a situation, I, I don't know, it depends on the day with me. Some days where I feel like I don't know how I'm going to make it, if I'm going to keep standing strong, whatever it might be. Maybe you have some of the situations I talked about or your own particular situation, whether you're in Prince George right now or you're in Princeton or you're up on Vancouver Island or you're around the world. Wherever you are, God does not need to worry about time. If you're watching this on Wednesday right now, God is your helper. And just like Joseph, uh, just like that little girl, I should say, who came and said, will you help me? All of us need to do the same. God, will you help me? And if you right now are one of those ones that say, Pastor, will you pray for me? I'm going to pray in a moment for people who are just under the, under the gun, under the pressure. As Paul said, he said, we are, uh, we are under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure so that we despaired of life itself. Wherever you're at, maybe you're just under the first level of that. Maybe you're under the second level of it. But I want to pray for people under pressure right now that you will know that God is your helper. So Jesus, right now, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for who you are. I thank you that you are a helper. I thank you that you're not just our observer, but you're our helper. I thank you that you are good to us. I thank you that your arms are around us. And Lord, I pray that in this moment, as we, uh, this week even, take time to reflect back on what you've done in our life and we look forward to what you've called us to, it will give us strength in our, in our present life. Lord, to stand in the midst of trouble like Paul did and say, God is my helper. He has delivered me, he will deliver me, and he will continue to deliver me. That's who my God is. But maybe you're one that you've never made Jesus the forgiver and leader of your life. You don't know that you are right with God. It's simply like this. Call unto me and I will answer you, Jesus said, and I will show you great and mighty things which you know not. And it's kind of just these seven little words. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. That's just, no matter how long you've turned, you've, if you've watched ever before, I say this regularly, no matter how long you've gone in the wrong direction, you can always turn around. And a turnaround start, that's all what repentance is, to say, God, my life is, is not going the way that it should be. This is not who I'm created to be. This is not who you designed me to be. There is more for my life. And so you just say those seven little words from your heart. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I repent come into my life, help me, help me, lead me, and take me into all that you've called me to be. In the strong name of Jesus, thank you. If you prayed that prayer from your heart, direct message us, email prayer at horizonchurch.ca, and we want to know so that we can help you. Uh, we've had many people that have come to Jesus along the journey through their computer screen or their phone or, or, their, or whatever it would be. Jesus is speaking to you. And he's calling you. That's his spirit leading you. Don't wait one more day. Today is your day. We hope you enjoyed this message from Horizon Church. To find your next step, visit horizonfam.ca. Have a great week.